Welcome back to the Argentina Project Podcast at the Wilson Center's Latin American Program. I am your host, Benjamin Gadan. My guest today is Tomas Favaro. He's director for the Southern Cone at Control Risks. We discuss Walmart's exit from Argentina and what it says about the business climate in South America's second largest economy. Tomas Favaro, director for the Southern Cone for Control Risks. Thank you so much for joining us on the Argentina Project podcast. Thank you very much, Ben. It's a pleasure to be here. Tomas, we are talking today about the surprise decision, or maybe not so surprising, of Walmart leaving the Argentine market. I say surprise because it's a big player there, as you know. It's been operating in Argentina since 1995. It had 92 stores. It was the ninth biggest private employer in the entire country with a presence in 21 of 23 provinces, owned 12% of all supermarkets. You get the idea. It was a major player um, and it no longer will be. My question for you is whether we should be sort of in shock at the implications of this for Argentina or just consider this you know, an idiosyncratic decision of one company that you know, just two years ago also left the Brazil market. You know, is this a story of one company that's sort of reorganizing or are we really talking about an indictment of the investment climate in Argentina with you know, labor challenges, high inflation, um, you know, a unpredictable regulatory environment and all the other factors that really may have contributed to Walmart's announcement? You're right in pointing out there are many company decisions that at this moment may be uh, seen as an indictment, but um, may not necessarily be, you know, in reality, a, a, a decision on the business environment itself. It's very true that some companies are, global companies are rethinking their strategy in Latin America, and others that have recently departed Argentina have even filed for bankruptcy in other jurisdictions. So there are a, a whole range of factors at play. But I think it would be wise to and the broader picture there is not just a retail company that's leaving Argentina. Several airlines, you know, manufacturing plants are being shut down. Auto parts, uh, you know, pharmaceutical companies. So many multinationals are leaving Argentina or have been leaving uh, Argentina in the past two to three years. That it's very clear that something is wrong with the business environment there was certainly very challenging for so many companies, right? And I think it's understandable if you look, for example, at the economic slowdown, the rising unemployment and this, uh, the the diminishing purchasing power of the population uh, brought by COVID. This is impacting, you know, Argentina. Uh, it is also impacting other countries, but the Argentine economy will contract by 11% this year. Uh, you know, this is one of the, the, the sharpest uh, drops in Latin America itself. If you look at, for example, the way other companies do businesses, they really struggle, for example, to match rising costs because of inflation, stability, because they're unable to pass on uh, this cost to clients and consumers. You know, other companies face severe delays in importing due to growing protectionism. Others struggle to capitalize on the foreign foreign exchange difference uh, because of the uh, capital controls that are uh, currently in place and they make the, the, the peso you know, particularly overvalued. Uh, many other companies are struggling with government regulations uh, concerning price controls. That includes retailers, but includes also food producers, telecommunication companies. Um, there are other regulatory risks also, you know, if you look at export taxes or the, the restrictions on laying off uh, uh, personnel. Uh, and even then, those 
who, despite all that, do make a profit, they also have a hard time finding ways to repatriate that dividend to their, to their home countries. So it's really quite a challenging environment. And I think it's no surprise that so many companies are rethinking their strategy for Argentina specifically. You get the sense that this is a severe blow to Argentina. I mean, the company is not just closing shop, right? It's a sale and an acquisition. Presumably, many of its 92 stores will continue to operate. It had 9,000 employees. Many of them may be you know, kept on. So what is really the impact? Are we talking about a reputational damage? You know, Does Argentina sit back and say, okay, well, eventually we'll get out of this now third year of recession and you know, retail will recover and, and other players will, will come flooding back in? Or, you know, is this a moment of real anxiety if you're a policymaker in Argentina and you see that, you know, such a well-known global brand has decided to to lock, stock and barrel, leave your market? Yeah, uh, obviously, inflation watchers are very much concerned about anything uh, related, you know, to food production and food distribution uh, that makes, you know, significant component of the inflation index. But I think uh, you pointed out just some interesting developments. You know, this is ultimately um, an exit where, um, you know, these assets will be uh, are are being sold to another company. So it will not be exactly shut down. So I think uh, sort of the doomsday scenario is a bit uh, far-fetched. Uh, when it comes to you know anticipating sort of the likely consequences, but it's certainly a severe reputational blow. I think many you know business leaders they rely on companies like uh, control risks uh, to understand the political risk environment, but they also read the newspaper and you know they see companies, uh, company after company rethinking their Argentine strategy or even you know thinking twice or three times before uh, investing or reinvesting in the country, and there certainly doesn't bode well for future. Um, FDI. We've seen, you know, some brain drain to Uruguay, including from Argentine-owned companies. And there's been this fear that a lot of Argentine money and maybe even corporate headquarters are moving across the Rio de la Plata. The Uruguayans, in fact, are encouraging Argentines to physically move to uh, to Uruguay, where they're, you know, promised greater regulatory stability, currency stability, um, and you know, less political risk. Overall, let's focus because this is your expertise on the multinationals and particularly in retail. Is this the you know tip of the iceberg? Do we think this is the beginning of a much broader reassessment of Argentina after a short period of, of high optimism under the last pro-market government that obviously did not pan out? Uh, yes, so I think there's the contrast with Uruguay insofar as political stability and I think p- political risk more broadly, uh, you know, it's it's starker by the day. You know, you see the Uruguay being sort of a, probably the best uh, example and the best story to the fighting COVID in Latin America. Really, really thorough work done by, you know, the, the Uruguayan society um, in overcoming that challenge much better than any other country in Latin America. And you see, you know, a, a election was very much uh, fiercely fought, but, you know, also extremely democratic, uh, clean and, and uh, very well respected. And I think in many ways, an example for so many uh, Latin American nations. But there are things that Argentina has that currently, you know, uh, that, w- that Uruguay will never have. Uh, starting with the market size, this is such a huge critical factor for so many companies, you know. Depending on the size of the multinational, you know, Argentina is often at the point where, you know, it's a market too big to ignore. 
um, you know, obviously you do have to uh, hedge your bets uh, and understand, you know, to an extent you want to have so much exposure to a, a market that, you know, provides you with such a dangerous cocktail of political risks that, to be honest, is comparatively very rare among emerging markets. This is really, really challenging place to do business. But at the same time, I guess so many of the, you know, sort of the natural resources available in Argentina and the market size, uh, you know, do still make it for a compelling argument for, you know, uh, other co companies who continue to operate in, in quite a profitable manner in, in the country. Tomas, before we finish, I want to move on to another aspect of the investment climate, and that's transparency and, and regulatory risk, corruption. Control risks you know, produces a corruption index looking at how governments in Latin America are doing in controlling corruption. Argentina is not typically a high performer on your index or other similar analyses. How much is that a factor when, when your clients think about what markets to invest in in Latin America? You've just said it may be too big to ignore, and so that there's so much money to be earned that maybe people are willing to stomach the risk um, but but I do wonder how much that weighs on those boardroom conversations when you know alternatives seem to be moving a little bit more in, in a transparent direction. And Argentina, under its current government, um, seems to have slowed some of the initiatives that we saw in recent years to improve access to public records, to um, increase independence of the judiciary, to give a sense that contracts can be enforced and you'll have a autonomous uh, judicial process to resolve disputes. Yeah, that, that's a very good question. So Contreras developed um, an index together with the American Society, Council of the Americas, uh, called the Capacity to Combat Corruption Index, which measures, you know, countries' uh, capacity to combat um, and deter corruption um, in 15 Latin American countries uh, this year. We did last year with a smaller um, um, uh, sample of countries. And uh, uh, Argentina was kind of like halfway. It was sixth among those 15, I think is relatively not bad position. Uh, certainly uh, could do better, you know, if you consider other factors, you know, in terms of GDP per capita, Argentina is um, much in a much better position than most other countries uh, in the region. But I think some of the key concern that we highlight there, um, I think you already touched on the lack of independence um, in the judiciary, you know, the growing politicization of um, anti-corruption um, agencies and so many factors that make, I guess, the country overall relatively weak in, in enforcing, um, you know, its anti-corruption laws, which on paper actually look pretty, pretty okay. Uh, this is a critical factor, but I would not say it's as a determinant factor because, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I don't think Argentina is that an out, that, that much of an outlier. I think the index shows how, you know, even though Argentina does have some uh, you know, places or areas for improvement. It does have some strengths, particularly, you know, this is a very democratic nation. In the end of the day, scores relatively well in our, you know, sort of uh, democratic democracy index, uh, sub-indicator of the index, sorry. So obviously corruption risks are very important for uh, multinational investors, but I wouldn't overemphasize this as being an impediment for business in Argentina itself. First, because even though the country does have, you know, some issues specifically associated with the politicization of regulatory uh, anti-enforcement, uh, anti-corruption enforcement bodies, it does have some strengths to speak to, and that's the reason why it's in the middle of the ranking. And also because there are many measures 
take, you know, to build up compliance programs that mitigate that corruption risk, even in high risk countries. And this is something that I think control risk has a lot of expertise with. It's nevertheless always a problem and always a challenge. And I think particularly for those companies who are operating in areas where the provincial governments have more direct control. So particularly extractives, you know, that tends to be a more challenging proposition for multinationals when having to deal with some of these provincial governments, many of which do have a pretty negative track record insofar as integrity, transparency, and corruption are concerned. Tomas Favaro, Director for the Southern Code for Control Risks, joining us from Sao Paulo. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for listening to the Argentina Project Podcast. This episode was produced and edited by Oscar Cruz. For more on this subject, visit our website, wilsoncenter.org slash LAP.